0: So, uh, you got to ask yourself one question. Do you feel lucky? Do you,
1: punk? Hmm.
0: I do, because we got to watch the
1: Dirty Harry movies. <laughs> yeah, great movies, all they're, five of them.
0: Yep, man. all five of them are fantastic. That really fun to watch.
1: Thoroughly enjoyed watching all five of these. I would watch them all again.
0: I would, too. I, they were an easy watch. They were fun to watch. And, and I'm going to get into it, but they're really unique in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, they're definitely, each one its own, is its own, definitely yeah, like its own identity.
0: Yeah, the, the whole series is very unique. I've never seen anything quite like it. Um, well, and I'd seen, like, I think the only one of these I hadn't seen all the way through was, I hadn't seen all of Enforcer and I hadn't seen all of Deadpool, but I'd seen all the other ones.
1: Yeah, I definitely remember all of them. I mean, my dad made me, not made me, but he always put them on for me whenever they were on TV. Uh, I grew up watching Dirty Harry movies, so... There you go. It's been a while since I've watched them all, like, I guess thoroughly, as we did just now.
0: Yeah, well, and seeing them, like, from an adult viewpoint is a whole different experience than watching it as, as a teenager or a young
1: youth. <laughs> Utes to a youth. A <laughs> youth. A uh, Well, we are the series-run podcast. I am Matt. I'm also Matt. And we are here for every pleasure there is. Ladies, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just to specify. Um, but yeah, uh, let's start <laughs> off open. with the uh, what's up <laughs> with number one? Uh, all right, the original 1971, 1971,
0: year before I was born. Dirty Harry,
1: you know what's great about this movie, Matt? What is this? Is the first movie that came out before you were born,
0: yeah, the first one we've done on the show since <laughs> before I was born. uh Directed by Don Siegel, who's an interesting dude. Um, R.I.P. Yeah, well, a while ago. uh, He had started movies, uh, he started shooting stuff in 1945. Uh, The most notable stuff in there, uh, for my money, is um, he did the original Body Snatchers. Yeah,
1: Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And it
0: still holds up. The original still holds up. It's great. It was good. Um, He did an Elvis movie. He did Flaming Star with Elvis. He, he He did... arguably John Wayne's best, he did a bunch of John Wayne movies but he arguably did his best movie with The Shootist
1: that was, like, that was his last movie too yeah, John Wayne's last it's movie it's an
0: amazing movie he he did at least three movies with Clint before this he did Coogan's Bluff Two Mules for Sister Sarah and The Beguiled Two Mules by the way it's a fun movie
1: he did a, uh, Escape from Alcatraz*. yeah that was after
0: yep that's was just going to get to that was a great movie I love that movie the other weird another movie which is deeply weird but fun he did Telephone with Charles Bronson
1: Telephone
0: Yeah Or telethon.
1: Telefon hmm, Telefon spelled <laughs> F-O-N
0: Where he's like a Crazy Russian agent Like tracking down mobsters It's something else Yeah Never heard
1: of that one
0: um, Yeah This is Clint's First real role as a cop um, He mostly did He almost did Exclusively westerns And a couple of weird things Like um, Play Misty for Me Which is great um, That one Jessica Walter R.I.P. God she was good in that
1: it was One of them dramas right? Uh, Play Misty for me. Never saw that. one. Oh, it's good.
0: It's good. It's, it's like, like a every- psychodrama. No, it's like it's like a psychological thriller. Hmm. It's like it's like a proto Fatal Attraction. It Was the first movie I believe that Clint directed.
1: But I, I thought it was all that jazz. I don't think so.
0: I'm pretty sure his first movie he directed was was uh, Play Misty. It's great.
1: Um, Surprised he didn't direct one of these.
0: He did. He did. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it. Uh, what I think is interesting is this was a huge deal because he not only made four more of these after this but he made a bunch of stuff that's kind of like Dirty Harry adjacent
1: mm-hmm.
0: like Tightrope you Tightrope? no okay Tightrope was made in 1984 it's basically like Dirty Harry if he was a single dad in New Orleans and slept with absolutely everybody <laughs> and Bloodworks kind of like this and even in the line of fires got a little Bloodworks that was on. a weird one yeah it was weird but it's kind of like this, like, you know, aging law enforcement guy who's kind of a mess. Um, okay, here's the thing about this, actually the first three of these. If you feel bad about the way it is in, if you live in a city, and you feel bad about the way things are now, watch your first three of these movies. You will feel much better about how your city is functioning, because... All three of the first three make San Francisco look like an unlivable hellhole you never, ever, ever want to go to ever in the history of ever.
1: <laughs> the dark side of San Francisco.
0: Well, and the reason for that, I actually looked this up. Uh, between 1960 and 1970, violent crime went up in the U.S. Between, um, 126%. People were freaking out.
1: The Zodiac was around that time. Well, and that's where this is
0: from. Yeah. And what's interesting about it, like, like this is one of the, the earlier ones that started that trend. Uh, with making the city look terrible this and French Connection were the same year and both of them kind of have that like gritty kind of like this whole place is crime city and New York went crazy with that in the 70s right up to the Warriors
1: 79 good good one, I love the Warriors Mm
0: -hmm. Speaking which okay so Andrew Robinson is fantastic in this movie Uh, you know him from do you know what you know him from no, I don't. The guy who played Scorpio,
1: Hellraiser. Hellraiser. He's the dad. Oh, that's right. He's the dad in Hellraiser. Wasn't he uh, the, the the guy from uh, what is it? People under the stairs as well. No, that's Everett McGill. One that was dressed in the leather.
0: Yeah, that's Everett McGill.
1: Uh-huh.
0: No, no, but the other one you might know him from if you've seen Cobra with uh, Sylvester Stallone, and if you haven't, you need to. He's Definitely the dickhead that cop that keeps trying to uh, trying to knock Stallone down in that movie. Hmm. Um, he is so good in this that uh, when he gets stabbed at that one point in the leg <laughs> and that noise he makes, I was like, "That's awesome."
1: <laughs> he was. Uh, I felt like he kind of played himself, <laughs> himself in a way <laughs> because he seems kind of. He's always seemed kind of creepy, anyways. Yeah, no, he does creepy real well. Yeah, he was great for this role.
0: Oh, he was amazing in it. I, I felt like. Um, what's his face? David Patrick Kelly, who played the bad guy in The Warriors mm-hmm. and in Dreamscape and a bunch of other stuff where he played that, I feel like he must have watched this and been like, hey, I can do that. Like, it's very, mm-hmm. it's a very similar performance. Really, like, messed up, though. Like, he feels insane. Yeah. He do, does a great job. It is insane. Yeah, but he feels insane. Um, a lot of other fun stuff in this. Uh, obviously, this is based on Zodiac. Mm-hmm. Not um, too
1: long after, too. Well, he was still talking to the police as
0: late as 74. Really? Zodiac was still going on. Yeah. He hadn't really killed anybody for a few years, but he was still sending letters to the police as late as 74. So that was still going on. That's crazy. Which I would imagine people were really freaked out, and that's probably why it did so well. Yeah. Um, And here's what I like about both the nudity and the violence in this, and this is really the first three, too. Violence in movies sometimes comes off as, like, (laughs) <laughs> That's really not realistic. You don't get that sense from these movies at all. The violence is brutal and nasty. It's, it's like raw. Yeah, it feels real. Like, part of it, and this comes up especially in the second <laughs> and third one, is after people get shot, they keep twitching.
1: Yeah, I kind of noticed that. I mean, because they're doing it live. You know, yeah, you know, but... It's, uh, a, yeah. <laughs> it's really
0: unnerving.
1: Um, in a good way. But um, I feel like, you know, when... Uh, was it, was it when he was peeping in the, in the window <laughs> and he got jumped? I feel like they actually threw like a he 20. He was peeping at <laughs> <his> Sexy
0: Mary. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, she was upset too. But I feel like they actually paid those guys like an extra 20 each to actually jump. <laughs> <eastward>. <laughs> that make, way, it, yeah. make it look real.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, and, and Eastwood's amazing in it. Um, they start the whole trend with his partners at least getting injured in this one. But they don't start killing him off until the next couple. Next one. His partner gets killed in the next one. Um, you know, he only gets really horribly injured in this one.
1: Yeah, uh, the first one. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, it, what's interesting about this, though, and, and we'll get into it as we go, and this is what I was going to say, every movie in the series is, like, a different genre. It's not; They're not just different, ki- like, different movies. They're, like, different kinds of movies. Like, this is a... Cop versus psycho, basically,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Um, and uh, and the other ones, and we'll get into it, are not really that same thing. They all kind of have their own deal, like their own kind of thing going on, and almost all of them have something that's tied to something that was happening at the time. Yeah. Um, like I said, this one for uh, for uh, what's it? The um, for Zodiac. Mm-hmm. Um, also. <laughs> It's, it's interesting like from a historical perspective to show like why do these guys have rights they shouldn't have rights well yeah if your crime rates just went up by one hundred twenty six percent I can totally understand why you feel that way
1: <laughs> yeah but,
0: uh, but yeah really well made um anything else you want to add to that
1: not really I mean it was a good
0: oh the catchphrase in this one most of them have one is for my money and I'll do the whole thing because I think the whole thing is hilarious where, where he shoots the guy, and the guy's sitting there, and he has the gun next to him when he's stopping that random bank robbery. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to be <laughs> honest, in all the confusion, I kind of lost track myself. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and can blow your head clean off. You got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you punk. <laughs> Love it. Do I feel lucky? That's it most of them have it and that's that's a thing.
1: So Who knows he would have he would end up befriending that guy throughout the the series. Was that was that in on that one? Yeah, he was in two other ones. He in
0: three other ones. Yeah. I didn't realize he was in the first one.
1: Yeah. That was Holy that, shit! That He's was in
0: every one of them except the last one. Because
1: mm-hmm. he had, you know.
0: I didn't realize he was the guy
1: on the ground. Yep, that was him. That's that was one of the first awesome. things I noticed in the second one because it was in the second one See, when you went. To I realized scene. it in the third one.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so the budget for this thing was four million dollars, and it grossed to almost thirty-six million dollars.
1: That's insane. That for is back then.
0: huge. Um, massive hit it uh, it was largely responsible i think for a lot of stuff that happened in the 70s through after that um i think death wish doesn't happen without this being a hit already um at it's least definitely. not the way it came off i don't i think pelham 123 has a lot going on this and and i watched this just because <laughs> i knew it was one of the more ridiculous offshoots McHugh from 1974 sure. john wayne is dirty harry basically a 68 year old john wayne <laughs> And that is just as ridiculous as it sounds. <laughs> it's real silly. Um, has one of the highest Rotten Tomatoes ratings that I've seen of anything we've done. Around like a seventy-two, right? Eighty-eight and
1: ninety. Eighty-eight and ninety. Mm-hmm.
0: Eighty-eight from critics, ninety from the audience for, for *Dirty Harry*.
1: Because that's well deserved.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's, it's an amazing movie. Fuck the and kids. IMDb had seven point seven. Um, but all the negative reviews I looked at them are pretty much like, this is reactionary fascism, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Which ignores that it was made in 1971 and also ignores like that they kind of get around that later. Like the first one sets that up and then they kind of get around it later because the, the character really changes over time. Yeah. But yeah, it was a great movie.
1: It's close to his Gran Torino days. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, he, he's got a movie coming out soon. The dude's in his 90s. Yeah, he's
1: in, like, 95, 96. Yeah,
0: and he's still making movies. It's probably going to be at least a 100. I'm a little worried about his mental health after that whole talking to a chair thing in 2008. but <laughs> He's done <laughs> good. 2012, so yeah. But, um, yeah, no, he's, I mean, yeah. So that brings us to, I'm going to come out and say it, my favorite of the whole series, which is Magnum Force. I've always loved Magnum Force, 1973. Um. This is another tendency that happens. Directed by Ted Post, who had already directed Clint in Hang 'em High. And did a whole ton of TV. Um, Best known for his movies, uh, probably Beneath the Planet of the Apes, the second one. And if you've never seen The Baby that he directed in the 70s, same year as it came out, it is one of the strangest ass movies you will ever see in your life. I don't know what the hell that was. I don't know what that even was. Hmm. It's disturbing as shit. It's it's like a grown man who's been raised as a baby and never been allowed to mature past that. It's really weird. It's very 70s. It's like not in a great way. It's like weird 70s. I'd watch it. Yeah, no, you should watch it just as a, like a curio. <laughs>
1: um,
0: here, Here's the thing. And this is what I'm talking about. Like all of these kind of like go along with something that was happening at the time. This is the same year as Serpico. Okay. And given that this is a story about, and this is not a cop versus psycho. This is like um, combination of cop versus vigilantes, and um, kind of a whodunit to find out who's behind it. Yeah, really Um, good uh,
1: cast for this one. Oh yeah,
0: an amazing cast. I'm getting to that. Uh, But like Serpico, you know, was about corrupt cops.
1: Yeah,
0: and it was a huge hit. And this kind, this kind of came out about the same time. Police corruption was a big thing. Here's what I'm saying, though. This is not the same Harry. Because this Harry would have joined that squad in the first movie. No question. If these guys in the first movie had said, hey, you want to come around and shoot these guys that keep getting off because of their civil rights, it would have been, hell, yes, I do. (laughs) And in this, he's like, no, we're not doing that. That's not how it works. Like, he's kind of softened up a little bit, like, in terms of actually following the law.
1: Well, you know, at the end of the first one, it made it seem like he was, uh, you know, about to toss that that badge. No, he's
0: always about to toss his badge, though. But that was the only
1: one he actually grabbed I know, physically but grabbed it, and then all of a sudden he's like, okay, I, I, I expected Magnum Force to always kind of explain that, because that's what and they then, obviously made it look like. Yeah, no, you know I, mean? well, I don't
0: think they expected that it was going to be that big a hit. I don't think they made it thinking there was going to be any sequels to it. But yeah, okay, amazing actors, so let's get to that. Okay, so, the three cops... The three killer cops are David Soule, Tim Matheson, and yeah. Robert Urich. So basically, <laughs> Hutch is leading Otter and Spencer for hire <laughs> as, as killer cops. And um, Hal Holbrook, who did this kind of thing so well. Um, I'm going to name drop slightly. He's a, he's a very sweet man. I met him um, not that long before he died. Uh, Hal Holbrook? Yeah. He yeah. died this year, too. Yeah, I met him a few years ago. Uh, he, um, he and his wife, who was also dead, Dixie Carter, um, they did a show with Allie when I was still married to my first wife. Really? Um, super nice man. He looked exhausted. Um, but it was late at night, and the dude was in his <laughs> 80s. So I can imagine he was probably pretty tired.
1: Seven was bedtime.
0: Yeah, but Hal, Hal Holbrook was really good at being like a major baddie who was acting like he was your friend the whole time until it turned on him. He did the same thing in Fletch Lives. <laughs> it's that same kind of role where it's like, no, no, I'm your friend.
1: <laughs> he's an amazing actor, too. He yeah. was.
0: He was unbelievable. He was so he good. Was, you're
1: right. was. Young Tim Matheson.
0: Yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, very young Tim Matheson, as I'm saying. Him, him and Spencer Fryer. Yeah,
1: he did pretty good.
0: Yeah, well, he was great. Um, it's almost unfortunate that he killed him so fast. The, the whole thing... And yeah, David Soul was on a ridiculous show for a long time. But the whole thing with him and Harry and the uh, the combat, uh, the shooting contest, that was great.
1: Yeah,
0: um, they did. I felt like they had dialed up the violence a little bit in this one. Oh, definitely. Yeah, the uh, the pimp killing the girl with the drain cleaner, which is our friend Eller Papa. It's back as a pimp. It <laughs> Welcome was back, good. Al.
1: That's <laughs> pretty. Uh, I want
0: I want his car. <laughs> that was car, nice car was awesome. Um, but like uh, the guys who played the Giorgio and Bressler and are in the first three movies. They're back here again. Yeah.
1: Um, you call him Fatso.
0: Yeah, the <laughs> fat guy. He gets killed in the third one. Spoiler alert. Here's my favorite. My favorite credit, though, because I was I, I found the the background on it uh, by accident. Sonny, the uh, the girl in the apartment who wants to sleep with him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: First of all, I wish that would happen to me. Like he just walks in the thing like, Hey, aren't you the cop lives upstairs? Yeah. What do I have to do to sleep with you? <laughs> Knock on the door. Knock on the try knocking on the door. Yeah. Any anybody who wants to try that with so me? So was feel it free. obviously
1: that she was a whore or I don't know. Did she give up her whoreness just to
0: Let me she just really digs crusty old cops? Here's the
1: Yoshioka
0: Yeah, well here's what's interesting about her. You know, is she she did a few smallish parts like that. Mm-hmm. And then went on to become the executive vice president for international distribution at Millennium Media. the fuck? So she has released a whole bunch of movies that, you, that everybody's seen. So That's she amazing. went from playing this little bit part to being vice, executive vice president at a movie studio. Damn. Which is pretty great. Um, this is where they start with all Harry's partners getting killed.
1: Yeah, this is my favorite partner. Yeah, well, well I like, well, Tyne, I like Tyne Daly a lot. Which one was that one? Enforcer. Oh, I like the Asian guy from Deadpool.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll get to that, because you know who that was. No. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, the catchphrase in this one is, a man's got to know his limitations, <laughs> which he says like four or five times. It's a great movie. It's my favorite of the bunch. Um, not a dull moment in it for me. I think the whole thing just just moves along really nicely. It's a lot of fun. It's still got, like, the brutal violence, and it's got a little bit of humor in it, but not too much. Um, they're all kind of funny in their own way. Like, he has a lot of funny lines in them. That's a good
1: one. There was a young Carl Weathers in this one. You know that? I didn't see him either. He was, he was part see. of the, in that demonstration. He was one of the demonstrators. Oh. Suzanne Summers was in it, too. She was a pool girl. Oh, she so was one of the girls so that they got shot in the pool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whole... Extra... <laughs> But, you know, that's what could uh, launch their careers, you know?
0: Yeah. Now, in terms of return, this is the second, this did the second worst, which is unfortunate. Um, I mean, I kind of, I mean, it's not a bad movie. It's still more than doubled
1: its money. It's more, it's, this one's uh, like almost towards the bottom for me.
0: see. It's my favorite of the bunch. Um, I I, I just like, I like the whole, I think it's plotted really well.
1: Um, Because they got 72 on Rotten Tomatoes. 72, 77,
0: yeah. Um, not bad no no and well and it was made for 19 million and grossed almost 40
1: I'd give it I, you know what me personally I'd give it I'd put it in the 80s the
0: yeah 80s. no it's very good um, like I said it's my favorite um, I, I like the first one a lot for kind of you know showing the mold and whatever mm-hmm. but I, I've rarely seen a movie like that where they grow the character in the next movie yeah like he's like a whole different dude you know he's still crusty as hell but you know And that brings us to The Enforcer in 1976, who uh, that was directed by James Fargo, who made this and Every Which Way Would But Loose with Mm -hmm. what
1: Eastwood. I love that movie. Both those movies are great. (laughs) Otherwise, he had a lot of TV, Mm -hmm. including... Right turn, Clyde.
0: (laughs) Clyde! Uh, (laughs) He had a lot of TV, including the classic from my childhood, Tales of the Gold Monkey. Wow. Love (laughs) that show. Um, this was the first thing he directed, but he'd been directed the assistant director on uh, Joe Kidd, and more importantly, he was the assistant director on High Plains Drifter and Outlaw Josie Wales, which were both directed by Clint.
1: Hmm.
0: So we know where he got his, his job.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, this one's kind of this one. You know what, it reminded me a lot of Cobra.
1: This one. Yeah.
0: It's it's got that whole cop versus cult thing uh, with a little bit of trendy women's lib thrown in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big thing that set this off, I read about this because it was in the earlier drafts. Um, I'm sure you're too young to remember this. Uh, the Symbionese Liberation Army and the kidnapping of Patty Hearst. Mm-hmm. Nope. Eris got kidnapped by these guys calling themselves, it was exactly like this. The Symbionese Liberation Army, <laughs> they didn't have any kind of, <laughs> there is no Symbonia. Um <laughs> They didn't have any kind of actual agenda. They were just trying to do a bunch of robberies, basically. Yeah. And they brainwashed Patty Hearst into basically becoming part of the gang. Hmm. Um, Interesting. But that was a huge deal in the 70s. They were doing this for like two or three years, right before this came out. So, clearly that's happening. Um, I like Tyne Daly a lot in this, playing playing Kate, his partner.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, The sexual politics in this movie do not hold up. At all?
1: <laughs> yeah, they really failed at that message.
0: Well, I mean, it's '76. It was progressive for the time. I mean, she's just, very good. I mean,
1: when, I, they, I, when did they get rights though? Again, <laughs> for
0: 1976, <laughs> it's it's surprisingly progressive. Um, you know, and and I think it's there again. He grows a little bit because he starts off like, oh, women, castle, and then later he's like. He, like, totally digs, like, what she does and says that anybody would be lucky to have her as a partner. Like, and that's really saying something coming from a Dirty hairy shit. Um, I
1: felt sorry she had to run in those heels.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and then five years later, she was in Cagney and Lacey, mm-hmm. playing basically the exact same role for seven straight seasons. And yeah. I think that, spoiler alert, it sucks that she gets killed because they really liked her. Um, this is the only movie of the bunch that I can think of where he actually gets two partners killed. Um, the other acting stuff is, of course, Pawpaw's back. Um, <laughs> this time as Mustafa. Mustafa. Yeah, the racial politics in this are weird, too. Not just because of the Black Panther stuff or whatever, but because I'm not going to say it's enlightened by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's kind of cool that like all the bosses, especially... Bradford Dillman, who, by the way, is so good in this, but he's so punchable. He's supposed to be a dickhead, the captain. He
1: he played a good one. Oh, he's
0: good at it. Oh, he's just slimy. Um, He, uh, like, he's always, Black Militants. It's Black Militants. Obviously, Black Militants. And the whole time here, it's like, I don't don't know what you're talking about, man. It's got nothing to do with this. Um, Yeah, uh, Bradford Dillman was great. John Rosales, who plays the mayor's aide, is neck and neck with him for ability though. They're both... Just weasels.
1: Yeah. Ugh.
0: I was. I did not feel bad when the mayor's aide got shot. Um,
1: this, is, this is when Mustafa was upgraded from pimp because he was yeah. labeled as pimp in the second one. Yeah, and
0: then he gets to go up to being Mustafa, and then later gets to be. Uh, uh, I forget his name. I got it. Really good friends. Yeah. Um, Devereon Buckwalter, who plays Bobby, he's fine. <laughs> um, the part I do love. I do love the part where the girl gets shot he's like, no, she might be okay. No, she, uh, she's dead, man. No, she might be okay. He plugs her three more times. <laughs> no, nah, she's not. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing the best he can, but he's not going to match Andy Robinson. That's just not going to happen. And he's, it's kind of a sad story. Uh, he was on Ryan's Hope in the 80s, and then he died in 1987 at the age of 47 from stomach cancer. Really? Yeah. Nice. And the other guy, and this is just because I'm a horror person. Dick Durock, who plays Carl, one of the uh, one of the henchmen,
1: mm-hmm.
0: played Swamp Thing in 1981.
1: Oh, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go.
0: There you go. Um the violence is nasty again. The whole like the the
1: really gritty the, in this one.
0: The way that the aide got shot was a little shocking. I mean, like he's talking and they just pop in there like right in the <laughs> middle of the head and it's like twitch 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 like ah. no, dying slowly. Um, This is, I think, the most financially successful one, though, other than the first one.
1: They're like $46 million. About a $9
0: million budget. Not bad. That's huge.
1: That's utilizing your resources. Damn
0: straight it is. But then Um, again,
1: uh, Eastwood owns San Francisco, man. A lot of his his movies are based around the San Francisco area. Well, yeah, I mean, he was from Carmel. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He owns that area, man. Pretty but he much. utilizes it well, you know, because yeah, he no, knows it great. so well.
0: It's like uh, Romero with Pittsburgh. Um, I really liked this movie a lot. I didn't like it quite as much as the second one, just because I thought the second one was pretty original and interesting. But um, there's one, one that doesn't really have a catchphrase, although he has a lot of great lines. <laughs> like, when, he <laughs> when he's talking, to the two that the captain are that he calls his uh, badge a seven-point star, uh, a seven point suppository. <laughs> 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 it's awesome that and and when they try to kick it, when they try to suspend him uh can I make a statement yeah your mouthwash ain't making it <laughs> <laughs> um Rotten Tomatoes 68 59 that's a little low
1: A little low but i mean
0: IMDb is 6.8 i I, I don't think it is as good as, as the second one for sure um I, I think, I don't think it's really this good. one's at the
1: bottom for me really yep huh
0: That's interesting.
1: But I honestly remember again, though, because of the age. Yeah. And the ones that were showed, like, Dirty Harry was my first one. But I think Deadpool and Sudden Impact were, like, my second and third, like, that I watched the most before I actually saw what the order was, or old enough to know what the order was. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, I mean, and you always have kind of a soft spot for the first one you saw.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's why I like Magnum Force. Only because there's so much of the first one that are in all the other ones. Right. Especially the endings, you know? walk off, fucking fadeaway shot, and don't really say anything. The end of
0: this one's one of the best endings, though. After he blows up the guy, and
1: and the mayor's like, the
0: helicopter's coming! And he's walking away, and you hear the helicopter coming, going, uh, come on out, we have your money. (laughs) 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 Uh, Just don't hurt the mayor, we'll give you your money, and, yeah, no. (laughs) Um, no, uh, well, and that brings us to what you are saying, sudden impact. In its own way, this is interesting more because of the history behind it than anything else for me. But 1983, so this is seven years later, Clint directed it.
1: This is the one he directed?
0: Yes, he directed Sudden Impact. And in terms of just the structure of it, I find it the really, really interesting. Partially because I don't think it's a cop movie. What do you think it is? Like it's a rape revenge film. It's like Ms. 45, where I spit on your grave. Okay. Where it's, yeah, I mean, where I it's a gal that. who gets raped and she goes on a big old revenge spree. Um, in fact, it. have you seen I Spit on Your Grave?
1: I've seen the, like, yeah, the original.
0: Yeah, the original 78 one? Yeah. They even steal, like, the uh, the mentally challenged guy who gets forced into the rape by the, by the other guys. I can see, yeah, well, I They mean, stole yeah. that from I Spit on Your Grave. I mean, it, it's it's a, that, and it's almost not a Dirty Harry movie. There's way more going on with Sandra Locke in this movie than with him. Too much. Well, there's a reason for that.
1: Well, yeah, obviously that one
0: but I mean there's a reason for that behind the scenes too I'll get to it um, and I think it's interesting that you've got a major character who's an out lesbian in 1983 or at least by. she does try to have sex with that one dude when he's just hanging around but like, they, keep, they keep referring to her as the dyke um,
1: <laughs> the dyke
0: but I mean she's obviously at least by, and you don't see that much in 83 um, so getting back to the acting Albert Popwell's back but sadly gets killed.
1: But He actually goes by Horace King in this one. Yeah, line. that's what it
0: was, yeah. Horace King.
1: Thank Got a you. name and everything.
0: And Bradford Dillman is also back as Captain Briggs, who is pretty much just Captain McKay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Pretty it's, good at being a dick.
0: Yeah, he's very, very good at being in the deck. Um I, I am always happy to see Pat Hingle in anything.
1: I like that guy, man. He's great. A um, young, a young uh, Jim Gordon. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and he Pat Hingle was, I mean, he's dead now, RIP, but... Um, he was in. He has more than two hundred credits. I think I was saying that the guy was in everything from Maximum Overdrive to Quick and the Dead.
1: Yeah, Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, Quick and
0: the Dead. I love Quick and the Dead. He was the judge in Hang 'Em High too, with Clint. Um, my favorite random one in this one is, and it it she just struck me in the scene. The scene when the punk that just got off is in the elevator, and he grabs the kid by the tie. Yeah. And the girl next to the door, who's just like no reaction at all to this like happening, she was behind, right just front of behind her. Clint. Yeah, that's Cameron Mannheim. She was on the practice for like seven years.
1: Ooh, the practice show drop right there.
0: Yeah, she was on the practice, but she's been in like a bazillion movies since then. And that was her first role, uncredited, as Girl in Elevator.
1: Girl in Elevator. Like, okay.
0: I recognized her. I was like, I know that girl from somewhere because she's on the practice. Okay, so the big thing is Sandra Locke in this. Okay, I don't know how much you know about the history there.
1: Oh, I know. I don't know all the history.
0: Yeah, so they were together for 14 years. Uh, according to her, mm. they st- the first time together was Josie Wales. According to her, it, he wouldn't let her act with anybody else. Every movie had to be with him. That's what she said.
1: That's what she said.
0: I know that's what I'm saying. But to be fair, that is the only thing. This was her last major film role. She didn't do anything major in film after this. Um, well,
1: this is where they ended it, pretty much. Right. Pretty
0: much. It was a little after this. There were two. Uh, there were two um, lawsuits. Mm-hmm. She she uh, she had a palimony suit, which she was asking for like seventy million dollars. Just for a nonsense. lot. Yeah. She didn't get it. She but she said the settlement on it. She actually alleged that he had forced her to have two abortions and get a tubal ligation, which he said is nonsense. Um, but. Uh, she uh, she settled for, I think, a one and a half million and a contract to shoot three movies at a studio, and then they never shot them so she sued them again for fraud. And they ended up settling that for an undisclosed sum. Yeah.
1: I know she actually got one of the properties, too. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, she died uh, in 2018 of cancer.
1: Breast cancer, right? Yeah.
0: Ugh, horrible. Um, of course, this is the second, maybe the first, but I think the second best known catchphrase of the whole thing. Go ahead. Make my day, which of course Ronald Reagan ran with. <laughs> um, I found the score in this to be really irritating.
1: Yeah, from the entrance music, to oh, the whole thing.
0: so annoying! Like it that definitely yeah,
1: synth- yeah, uh, it sounded like Beverly
0: Hills <laughs> Cop, like
1: like. But it was just like that typical <laughs> cop. Yeah, I mean Music But it definitely was a, It didn't work
0: for this though It was yeah. a really weird choice
1: <laughs> The music didn't match The intro At least the intro for sure Did not match the None movie. of the music matched For <laughs> <man>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually I a drummer. It's, it's like fucking <laughs> Devo took over <laughs> I, you know, I, I would have appreciated A Devo theme song For any of these That would have been interesting Or
1: even Young Daft Punk
0: There you go It's yeah. It's the score is super distracting. Um, You know
1: what made me? I told you this movie made me feel fucking dirty. Like I needed to take a shower after I watched it. That's because of that fucking dude Mick.
0: Oh, he's gross.
1: Yeah, he was so greasy. And his whole his whole career, he played guys (laughs) like that. You need to take a shower. His whole career.
0: No, yeah, no. Like I always said that we should get into this at some point, but I always said that there's a director named um, Oh God, it's the guy who made The Dark, Backward, and Detroit Rock City.
1: Um, Detroit Rock City, Adam great something. movie. Adam Rifkin.
0: Every movie Adam Rifkin makes, every single one makes you want to take a shower. Every single one. Dark Backward is one of the most filthy things I've ever seen on film. It's funny-ish. <laughs> it's but, funny. I mean, it's it's bizarre. But like that, Detroit Rock City, all of them are like, ew. Like They all feel sticky. Um, hmm. <laughs> the budget on this is $22 million, and it grossed more than $67 million. Which is, really? Yeah, which is a pretty. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good haul. Um, has a Rotten Tomatoes of fifty six fifty four, which I think is low. Hello, low. Yeah, it's it's that's pretty probably the low. music. Yeah, as well. Yeah, it's probably the music. And, and honestly, it's not really a Dirty Harry movie. It's it's a rape revenge film. He's barely in it. I mean, other than the this thing with a uh, attempt at love. Well, yeah, but I mean, like other than like the thing where he first gets to the town and he has to fight those guys. That's like his big action scene. When he's Which was, the, I mean, every
1: all the movie, every movie had one of those. Scenes. Yeah, Couple so that was his more. big
0: action scene. But like, most of this is about her going and shooting those dudes.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, it's a rape revenge movie. Um, but, but her it, sister's a deaf mute, obviously, so she's working for yeah, two people. Yeah, see,
0: they're getting that from Ms. Forty Five. Oh man, I <laughs> didn't even think of that until you just said it. They just pulled a whole bunch of stuff from old rape revenge this, stuff for the series. This 70s. one
1: did a lot of that. Not explain a lot of things. And they just try to work on flashbacks.
0: That worked for me.
1: I mean, it worked, but they could have did better. Yeah, I don't, but I, I still don't, liked don't like it a you. lot. Oh, I loved it. Uh, this um, is this is a uh, number three in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think it's very good. Um, I know which one
0: we're going to definitely disagree on. Um, this has an IMDb of six point seven. I think that's about right. Maybe a little bit higher, not much. I think it should be higher. Um, which brings us to Deadpool. The Deadpool. The Deadpool. <laughs> Yeah, not not the not the superhero. Okay, so 1988. So we've had another uh, five years. What were you doing in '88? I was 16 years old. I was um, trying desperately to find a date for homecoming. Probably. Um,
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. This was around. uh, I think was it July though. July '88.
0: July of '88. uh, Yeah, I wasn't. I was 15. Um, Probably something real stupid. Uh, I did a lot of stupid shit when I was fifteen. Um I was four. I would I would I would guess I was um probably drinking a lot at my friend's house when his parents <laughs> weren't paying attention. Drinking schnapps? No, uh, <laughs> his <laughs> his uh dad worked for the Heileman Brewery in Wisconsin, so he got free beer and Special Export, which is pretty heavy beer, <laughs> and uh, and he would uh, he would drink a lot and pass out and just leave all the Special Export just laying around. It's all special, to go over to my that's house. what it was called.
1: It's Special Export. Oh yeah,
0: Special X, the Green Death. So he went over there and just drank a whole ton of Special <laughs> X and played T-Knuckle um,
1: <laughs> Wicked hide.
0: Wicked. Um, this is directed by Buddy Van Horn. He's only directed three movies. This. <laughs> Pink Cadillac, yeah. And Any which way you can. So two of Clint's
1: worst movies in this. Hey man, I like those movies.
0: Pink Cadillac is yeah, I like
1: the uh, Any Which Way movies.
0: The first one's passable. The second one, though. Second
1: Come one. On, oh, that's my favorite one. Oh, you're killing the me. The boxing one. Clyde. <laughs> right turn, Clyde. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and this is the one for me where Clint actually started to seem like he was too old for this shit.
1: He seemed over it, this entire film. The entire movie, seemed over it.
0: Yeah, I think that's what they're going for a little bit. But they're always going for that. I mean, he was 41 in the first one, and he still seemed like he wanted to get off his lawn. By the time they got to this, he was 58. He's done. That being said, 36-year-old Liam Neeson playing an utter prick was a lot of fun to watch.
1: That was good. I mean, young Jim Carrey... Yeah, Patricia Clarkson, great
0: movie. No, Clarkson, Clarkson looked amazing. Um, she still looks amazing. No, she's, oh, she's great. She's a Jim nice Carrey was idea. incredibly miscast in this movie.
1: You think so? Then All right. they Jimmy, killed him off too fast? <laughs>
0: well, no. <I> think Don, <laughs> he's not a rock star. He's never going to be a convincing rock star. Oh, man,
1: it was a movie.
0: No, but was, he's not even trying. <laughs> he's being Jim Carreyish. He's being ridiculous. No, he's then, he's then hard then to he ro- take your <laughs> eyes off of, for sure. But he's so miscast. Like he's not a drug he's not a drugged out rock star in this. He's goofy Ace Ventura Jim Carrey type.
1: He definitely showed some Ace Ventura.
0: He's super silly. The one that I'm I like best in this though is is Evan Kim who played the uh, who played his partner. Mm-hmm. Because he was the lead in Kentucky Fried movie in Fistful of Yen. Really? Yes. So every time I saw him on <laughs> every time I saw him on screen I was waiting for him to go, what was that? You have to concentrate. Total <laughs> concentration. <laughs> so funny. Um, part of the reason, and, and we're, I, I know we're going to disagree on this. This I didn't like this as much as the other ones. I still liked it. I think it's the weakest one. Um, part of it is that it's a straight whodunit. Right? Like, this could have been a Columbo episode if they showed the murder at the beginning. It's just a straight whodunit. Right? Um, and the, the PR anti-press message is interesting because um, it's kind of indicative of the time. Yeah. Um, 15 Minutes came out a few years after this, and it was kind of like the peak of that. Like, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, no, the press will shoot anything as long as people are dying, like whatever. And <laughs> I, I, w- I will say the one scene with the guy with the flares, that yes. was really good. I liked that scene a lot, where Patricia Carson, particularly in that one, she was like, I'm not going to help you commit suicide. I'm not going to shoot this. Yeah, I thought that was great. Um, this has the... Easily the weakest catchphrase of the bunch. You're shit out of luck. Mm-hmm. Just, that seemed like it was our first draft, and like, we'll I think it's better later.
1: <laughs> well, the end was good. Oh and yeah, he's sticking around. Over there. Stick around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's it was so Schwarzeneggery. Um, yeah, no, I didn't like. I, it, it sounds like you really liked this one though.
1: Yeah, only because it's one of the first ones I remember after Dirty Harry. Yeah. So. No, that's
0: fair. But.
1: I think equally they're all great movies. I like think I they're said. all fantastic. But um, this, this one was, made this is number two for me.
0: It's made the least of any of them. Yeah, it, was it made m- money back though, right? It oh yeah, like, It was a thirty-one million dollar budget it made thirty-eight, but with marketing, I don't know, they probably lost a little bit at least. Mm-hmm. Um, Rotten Tomatoes a fifty-five forty-four, which it certainly shouldn't be a forty-four. I think that's a high expectations problem.
1: Expect too much.
0: Yeah, I think the audience was like. Ooh, it's gonna be dirty Harry, and it, it is, but it's like an old crustier, I don't have time for this shit. I mean, if
1: you hair. look at it now, obviously, with I mean, just with the cast alone, it's like okay, well, that's pretty cool. That's, no, it's, you know what I mean? But, yeah,
0: I'd watch it again. I'd watch it a hundred times. No, it's it's a lot. It's got an IMDb of six point three, which is close. I think I'd probably give it a seven. No, um, no, it's they're all great. I mean, they're all really they're all really fun movies. They're fun to watch. They're easy to rewatch. Um, they all have just enough humor in them to be, like, not super, like, like as opposed to like something like Ms. 45. Have you seen Ms. 45? No. It's a rape-revenge movie, Able Farrar made it. It's really good. It's about a Mute Garment District worker that basically gets raped three times in one day and then goes out and just starts taking motherfuckers out. Um, mm-hmm and she's a busy gal three yeah, times in one day huh? yeah well that's why she kind of like finally gets fed up with that shit um, but it's like very oppressive like it's super gritty and dark all the time mm-hmm. and they kind of avoid that in this like it's all very gritty but there's enough like I don't want to say silliness but enough kind of like goofy lines and stuff that it kind of makes up for it I mean sudden impact well, he, meet, went, he went Hollywood, head, Hollywood for this one meathead <laughs> and sudden impact really lightens things up quite a bit <laughs> come on meathead <laughs> Stay here. Is that your dog pissing on somebody else's table?
1: <sighs> My stoner theory for Harry Callahan was: mm-hmm. this was the character from <laughs> Grand Torino after the war. <laughs> this is what he did after the war.
0: Yeah. No. And now he's like all like super crusty. And he
1: had his son, and like in Grand Torino, his, his relationship with his son wasn't the best. I would imagine it wouldn't be. If but you were but dirty that's hairy because you're a Dirty Harry and you fucking. If I was Dirty
0: Harry's kid, that'd probably be pretty pissed off too.
1: Yeah, he was. Uh, he wasn't around. You know what I mean? But, but yeah, that's my uh, stoner theory.
0: No, well, either uh, that or maybe <laughs> he went on to uh, torch boxing. I mean, he could have done that. Yeah. Or uh, to uh, to help move drugs across the border in
1: the mule. The mule, and I just recently saw that, and that wasn't bad. I haven't bad. seen, it, I haven't seen Richard f- Jewell. The, the The mule's good. I said, heard good but it, it, the saddest part, though, is seeing how fucking old Clint is. Oh, yeah. He's, I mean...
0: But it seems like he's doing stuff that's appropriate to his age now, which is good.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, he's, he's very... Not, he's, he not
0: is, trying, he's not trying to pull a Chuck Norris. Yeah, his range
1: is amazing. Oh, yeah. His no, range of movies... Got
0: great, he's got great range. The, the dude's a hell of an actor. I mean, even his failed movies... Show at least, like, that he's willing to take risks. Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to say Paint Your Wagon is a good movie by... Have you ever seen that? <laughs> Holy no. shit. Okay, picture this. It's a musical, first of all. Mm-hmm. And the leads are Clint Eastwood <laughs> and Lee Marvin.
1: Lee Marvin.
0: They barely talk. <laughs> <laughs> How are they going to sing? They they don't. They're terrible singers. <laughs> it's That's awful. Fine. Um, But anyway... um. So, so I think, for me, this goes, uh, I like the second one best, like I said. Uh, the what first was, More one, than the first one? The first one's right behind it. Like, it's real close. Wow. All, all three of the first three are, like, really close to being thai Dish, Actually, really all three of the first four. It's hard for me to, I like the second one the best. After that, it's kind of a mashup in the middle of, of one, three, and four. Hmm. And then, um, because they all have such interesting different points to them, right? Like, I feel like The Enforcer has a great ending. I feel like it's really, like, in some ways the grittiest of the bunch. And I like, like, like the, the asshole uh, cops in it and the, the, the mayor's aide and all those guys are just so goddamn weaselly. I like, they really own those parts. Mm-hmm. And for some reason it just makes me like the movie better. Um, I think Deadpool's the weakest, but that, that doesn't mean I don't like it. Um, I think it's I think it's a super fun movie. I think Liam Neeson particularly is great in it. No, he was good. I think the guy playing the psycho one is pretty darn good.
1: No, the other the Englishman.
0: Yeah, I can't remember his name, but the the dude um, who was who like had the mental issues. Mm-hmm. He reminded me of the bad guy in that movie Fade to Black from the eighties. He was he reminded me a lot of that guy. Um that was a good one too. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say choose the best. Uh, the Deadpool is, is the worst, but not bad. And all three of the other ones are very neck and neck. I, I think probably the first one just beats out the other two, but I would have a hard time choosing between Sudden Impact and Enforcer hmm. because they're both really interesting in their own way.
1: Word. Mine's one, four, three, two, three. No, one, five, four, two, three. But they're all great. No, no, absolutely. I think they all deserve to be really, uh, some of the ones, I don't know, man, just, I didn't expect much with them. They're just, they they accept them for what they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not trying to do too much. It's very obvious. But they're getting
0: away with doing a lot
1: more than you would think they would do. Yeah, but you had to go, you had to go like grimy. You had to go get gritty. You know what I mean? You had to get like almost dirty at one point. Yeah.
0: But I I mean, they all have like kind of a message to them, which is interesting. Well, Deadpool less, but I mean, the rest of them do. Deadpool had a the first three show. have serious messaging going on.
1: I thought the music in the fifth one was kind of mimicking the fourth one. Yeah, I didn't like the music <laughs> in the one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Note to filmmakers: if you're making a gritty movie, do not put a bunch of synth drum bullshit into it. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> I know you borrowed my copy of Freak. Did you finish watching it yet?
1: I haven't even watched it because I just so opened good. it and I was like, "Oh shit!" I didn't. I didn't watch that.
0: It's everybody watch it. um The other one that's obscure that you need to watch that we'll have to get to is uh, And God Spoke. You heard about that? Mm -hmm. Nope. It's a fake documentary about two guys who've made a bunch of terrible low-budget movies like Dial S for Sex and and Friday Night Boogie. And they get their first big studio project and they're trying to do a movie of the Bible. Hmm. And everything you could possibly think that could possibly go wrong with that movie goes wrong. It is so friggin' funny. It is absolutely hilarious. It's hard hmm. to find. If anybody can find it, watch it. It's so good. But, okay, so next week we're doing... Well,
1: in two weeks.
0: Well, yeah, the next episode. Sorry.
1: Yeah, we're going to do uh, the Ninja Turtles.
0: Calabunga, dude! Yeah. Calabunga and pizza and stuff. Not that bullshit reboot. Ugh. Did you
1: watch those? No, but
0: I heard bad things. Real bad things. I remember
1: watching the first one. I remember watching it, but I don't remember the movie.
0: Yeah, it just, just seemed like the kind of thing that would just slide off your brain.
1: They are horrible. Megan, Megan Fox is cute. But, I mean, other than that. She's all right. She's kind of like a whoopee cushion, a blown-out whoopee cushion.
0: Well, if, you're, if you read interviews with her, she seems like an interesting person. She's probably nice. she seems like a, just like an interesting... She just has an image of a whore. A whore! A whore. <laughs> <lazy> she was <laughs> in one of the most disappointing, but for some reason still captivating movies to me, Jonah Hacks.
1: Yeah, I forget that movie exists sometimes. It's... it's I actually saw that at the theater.
0: It kills me. You can see the good movies struggling to get out. (laughs) It could have been good. There's so much in it where you're like, oh, it really wants to be good, but it just can't quite do
1: it. I only watched it once, too, just like Cowboys and Aliens. I only watched
0: it once. Oh, no, that never had a prayer.
1: Yeah, never had a chance. Mm -mm.
0: Okay, so Calabunga, dude, next time get your pizza ready and your half shell.
1: (laughs) That first one has the best quotes.
0: The first one's the best quotes, but the second one has vanilla Pete ice. So, the dude so has 30 seconds. second one's got vanilla ice. Yeah. Go, so. ninja.
1: go, go ninja, ninja. Go,
0: Ninja. Go, Ninja. Go. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. well, that's it. We're the series-run podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook. I'm still in to her um, yet. I got to do that. <laughs> uh, SoundCloud, Podbean. Check us out. Give us a follow. Uh, other than that. Yeah. Comment and
0: stuff, because I'm really desperate for attention, and I want to start an OnlyFans. <laughs> Nobody and, wants that. And on the next episode. <laughs> 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 All
1: right. Well, that's it. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Yep. Bye. Bye.